Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This week we're going to review the Shutter app. <laughs> it uses it sorts the as a letter T, so zero out of five stars. All right, so that's another that's episode it. in the bag. Congratulations, everyone. Have a good night. Sleep well. That was our sponsor. <laughs> our sponsor was Andrew's review of the Shutter app. We're going to talk about two movies today. For the first time ever. I think we did talk about two movies one other time. No, no, these two movies for the first time ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Hour of the Wolf and Kill Baby Kill. What's Hour of the Wolf? I don't know if we've ever talked about that one before. What? I don't know if we've ever talked about Hour of the Wolf before. Yeah, this would be our third attempt at Hour of the Wolf. We've had uh, horrible, horrible audio issues the previous two times. It's like someone took our audio and locked it into a weird mansion and strapped it down. Yeah. So, uh, Hour of the Wolf... um, I think at one point we were excited to talk about it, but you know we're gonna be we're gonna be doing kind of a kind of a shorter one. Same thing with Kill Baby Kill, which also fell victim to some audio issues. But uh, only once though, at least for that one. Yeah. So Hour of the Wolf is a 1968 uh, movie by Ingmar Bergman. Hey Pat, how many Ingmar Bergman movies have you ever seen? Is this the only one? Has the number changed? Uh, I think it's just one. <laughs> Still just one. All right. Yeah. And did you know I've seen the Seventh Seal and Persona? Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it is very, um, uh, he's like a cineast. Cineast? Yeah. I'm a cinephile. Cinephile. Mm-mm. I'm a member Mm-mm. of the Criterion Collection. Mm, so am I. I'm a charter member. I'm going to get a card in the mail. No, I mean you were actually in the Criterion Collection. Oh, yeah. You're like number 361 or whatever. Mm. What is 420? It is 420 today. No, no, what, no, what is? <laughs> it's 420 today. No, 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 in the Criterion Collection. I don't know if they're up that high, are they? Oh, I thought they were maybe, or are they just in like the late three hundreds right now? I'm looking right now. I, hey, I got, it, I got it. Don't worry about it. Stay focused on describing what this movie is. Yeah, so it's 1968. Ingmar Bergman stars Max von Sydow and Liz Ullman. Max von Sydow is uh, Ming the Merciless, and Liz Liv. Yes, yes. Liv Ullman is a, a very famous Swedish actor who's in a lot of Ingmar Bergman's movies. Oh, he's also a very famous Swedish actor who's in a lot of Ingmar. Irrelevant. He was Ming the Merciless. He was in The Seventh Seal. Also irrelevant. He's a big demise. Uh, was he in like Cloak and Dagger? What is Cloak and Dagger? Or is it the the Hulu show? Or um, whatever that movie is with the kid where he's no. I think they just had a fake one in there. A fake Max von Sydow. Yeah, there's a movie where like there's a kid and stuff comes out of the movie. He has to protect him. Oh, um, Never Ending Story. No, I think it's Cloak and Dagger. Honestly, never heard of it. I think seems, I, seems made up. Honestly, I, I think I'm right. <laughs> Well, how many things can you Google at once? Two. Wait. They're adding Armageddon back in? So what is 420, I guess, is the question. That's what I'm going to. That's a French movie by Agnes Vader. Nice. Love on hair. I was expecting it to be breathless. Because I didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, were you Googling something else you need me to Google for you? No, I'm good. Okay. Do you want to do a summary of Hour of the Wolf? You think you feel, you feel up to it? Yeah, I'm 100% up to it. Okay. So, you know, it's oh, a movie, know, it's a movie within a movie. The Ingmar Bergman felt too close because it's a, trage- it's a tortured artist dealing with, you know, extramarital affairs and being an artist and a writer and other things like that. They're on an island. They're hanging out. There's a bunch of other people on the island. They go to a manor party. There's a play that has nothing to do with the actual movie, but it's a play nonetheless. Or maybe it does, and I missed, we missed what it did, but I don't think it did. And then later, there's also another woman there, who's like his woman on the side. And then he's they spend a lot of time in the dark talking about things. 
And then he goes back to the mansion and they tie him up. And then he runs around the woods and then the woman leaves. Or continues on her business. The end. Did I hit all the points? Oh, he drowns a kid at one point. Sorry, I forgot that. Oh, that's important. He just drowned a kid. <laughs> that's important, yeah. Um, I mean, supposedly the guests on the island are, are literal demons. And, uh, yeah, but other than that, I think you've got pretty much all the important plot elements, sort of. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I'm not saying that in like a like a... Like I, I'm the teaching master. And no, you're saying family. that in like. I'm just saying, like I think, as far as I remember, you got all the important elements. Right, like say perhaps you had seen the movie, be like, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what happened in that movie. <laughs> that's more or less all right. I mean, it's actually a very, um, like dense, dense movie thematically. Yes. So to summarize it like that is to summarize the plot is doing like a sort of a disservice to the movie. Not, not that we're. Uh, I think it's just a movie that you really have to um, ingest yourself. That's a good out. I like it. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as uh, our opinions on the movie, again, we've we've talked about this a bunch of times, but uh, we both uh, did like the movie, I think. That's fair to say. Yes. And um, I think the best part about the movie was its uh, uh, thematic density. All the stuff about... Oh, like the daddy issues that are worked in there. Yeah, there's this whole journal in there. Yeah, the journal. There's that entire speech in the dark. Mm-hmm. The Varg Dimon, Hour of the Wolf speech. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, this is this movie was, uh, I think, I think explicitly said to be shot, uh, parts of it were shot to be like, to recall like the German expressionism and the gothics of the 20s and 30s. Okay. Just cause, I mean, if you remember all the parts in the castle. Yeah. A lot of that was like, oh, I'm going to try to do a gothic movie. As far as I as far as I remember reading, that's that's true. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some cool shots in there. So uh, it's generally not considered to be one of Ingmar Bergman's best movies. It's no. like a minor Bergman, but I think it's the it's the movie that most uh, closely falls into our purview. On this right. And I mean, a minor Bergman is still yeah, still worth watching. Right. And talking about it three hours, three times. Yeah. <laughs> in lower um, volume each time Mm -hmm. because the movie slips further and further away from you yeah so uh, as far as this movie goes I would say great performances interesting thematically yes anything else you can add about that no good movie watch movie good movie watch movie yeah totally is that the, the Wikipedia page is very involved? And, yeah, uh, well, it's an it's a Bergman movie. There's a lot of a lot yeah. of illusions that I missed in the in the, uh, in the text. You know, you just you know, wait wait for all those flash sales and you just get that whole Bergman collection fifty percent off. I won't because I I have too many other ways to watch it, so it doesn't make any sense. Well, not you personally. Yeah, you uh, the, the collective you the collective you. I think probably the first time we watched this, Filmstruck was out, and now we're watching it on the Criterion Collection. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Next time we watch it, something else will take its place. I only really, I usually don't buy things. I don't see, I usually just buy things I like when I do get Criterion films. I, it's a mix for me. It's well, a mix. Mostly because the streaming is available, so I can like make sure that I would like it before I plop the money down. I guess I haven't actually bought any since they launched Filmstruck, whatever that was. Right. But before then, I would usually buy 
two to three of those whenever they would just sail. So like a couple times a year. Right. So enough to get the free shipping or something. Yeah, exactly. And then like I'd probably buy like probably one movie that I'd seen before and then the other ones would be ones I hadn't seen or right. some mix of them like that. I have ambitions to watch the special features, you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but they're they're yeah. But anyway. And have them and have these movies on like four K and available physically. So that say if a channel dies again. Yeah, that's the only thing. Um but that, is, that is the only thing. I, I do love to buy movies, but I, I I just find I collect too many things. Right, well because you can't have faith in the digital future. Because it's all relying on companies. No, I should preach to the choir here. <laughs> all of a sudden, all your music you thought you owned disappears. Yeah, I think there was just a Microsoft store closing, some digital Microsoft store ebook thing where they were like, "Yeah, we're closing." You know, all your books, their books, are- all your books go away. You can't download them; yeah. they, they just vanish. Buy things, don't license them. Is that a, that's probably a chip mm-hmm. for my <laughs> burger? I don't want it anymore. Yeah. All right. So now we will switch tacks now that we've done a good uh, 11 minutes or so on Hour of the Wolf, which is really all we can possibly afford to give it. <laughs> all it deserves, quite uh, frankly. I mean, we've actually probably, I, not to beat a dead horse, I'm, nah, I'm not even going to go on about it, but what? I'm just going to say that we've recorded probably like three hours of Hour of the Wolf at this point. <laughs> we just can't do it anymore. We need to move on with our lives. We can't live in this, this eternal Hour of the Wolf. Largan Demon. All right. So the second uh, film that we're going to talk about was also Lost to Time. But only once. <laughs> only once. Um, it's Kill Baby Kill, which is a 1966 Italian horror movie directed by Mario Bava, who also directed Black Sunday, which is a favorite of mine. True. Yes. Okay. For a second, I was like, oh, no, am I thinking of Black Sunday? But I'm not. Because Black Sunday is the one where Lee's in the crypt and she's a bad vampire. That's Black Sunday. Yeah. Yep. The. Uh, do you remember Kill Baby Kill? I remember Kill Baby Kill. Give me that. Give me that sweet sweet summary. <laughs> Ask so much for me. Um, so Kill Baby Kill is there's a lady who jumps off a balcony into some uh, to a spiked fence at the beginning. You're like, what? What's going on there? Because there was a young girl who died at some point, and she's cursing other young women to die. Like when you see her, you, she's gotta die. And there's a doctor there who's very suspicious of it, right? Uh, yep. He's like, "No, this isn't real. This is all, this is all hullabaloo." There's no such thing as ghost girls. And he goes to the old house and he sees the ghost because she died because of. Okay, there was a parade or some kind of like festival. Nope, she was ringing a bell. She got run over. She got trampled in a parade, and she was ringing a bell that nobody answered. So she died in the street. Yep. And then her mother cursed the town, so that she can curse them, and then she'll like visit you, and then you're like, "Oh, now you're dead because she saw you," and she'll drive you to kill yourself. All right, I'm getting it back. I'm getting it back. Yeah. So then you know, there's like the innkeeper drives who sees her, like, "Oh no, you messed up. You made me see her," and then. Everything's bad, and then she like impales herself on a thing that I thought like, oh man, she's gonna impale herself on that, and I said that, and then she did do it, and I was <laughs> very pleased with myself. And honestly, the film for putting that there, like in focus, so they go to the mansion, see the girl. Mm-hmm. There's a mother there, 
he gets stuck in the mansion that infinitely loops, and then yeah, it ends when something happens. There, something the mother gets killed by like a doctor or someone from yes, the town. The, oh, the by like the like the like the witch or whatever that yeah, lives in that scripture witch, town. Yeah, yeah, she strangles the Baroness. Yes, and that stops the bad stuff. Yep. Okay, got it. Got in, got in one. Got in one. Or you know. Ends the curse. Miss anything? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were looking at the plot synopsis. I am. I'm just not. I couldn't follow along. <laughs> um, it's simple. It's a simple story of Doctor Vich's town. Did you research mysterious happenings? Mm-hmm. Researches the mysterious happenings. Someone else ends the mysterious happenings, and a couple of people die along the way. He's like, I don't believe any of this. It's all nonsense. It wasn't old though. He didn't. He didn't talk like a walrus, right? <laughs> I mean, he was a walrus, but he did not talk like one. Oh, he was an actual walrus. Yeah. Right, I don't remember this movie that well, so I, I, I can probably I, I could probably give you that one. But he did speak with a clear enunciation. No, not a lot. So you really don't you don't remember that movie too much? You know, I don't remember this movie very well, and I I I remember I liked it a lot. Okay, so what what do you remember? There was that part. Well, I remember some like bits of it. I remember the witch that there was a witch. Yep. I remember that there was like some weird thing where like the girl he likes is is actually like a sister uh, to the family of some kind. And I remember there was some weird. Uh, oh, like the, the innkeeper's daughter is like some weird. Yeah, she's like really like the sister of the girl who died or something. Or, right, some weird. Or, she's got some um, connection to the Baroness. Or maybe no, actually no. I'm thinking of a different person. I'm conflating two characters together. I think. Okay. There's like another person who helps him or works with them. Yeah, that's right. The that's not the innkeeper's daughter. Uh, no, no, because she's the one who like they like whip and everything, and oh, right. they start not bleeding. What's the word that I'm looking for when you bleed something? Is it bleed? No, but I feel like there's another word for that. Like sanguinate? No, no, like a very maybe maybe there isn't one for. There probably it. is. I just I feel like there's a specific word for like, like a type of like bleeding to cure. So I, I what I remember about, the, about this movie is that I really liked the visuals like uh, quite a bit. Do you remember the swing? The swing, which is the swing? There was that part where you were like you've you had like a POV of I think like the kid on the swing mm-hmm. and the camera like swung in and out mm. on a swing because I was like, hey, look, it's a swing, and then I I was very good for this movie of like recognize what the visual cues are and then being immediately rewarded by recognizing yes that's what that film was going for because it was doing that and then it goes back to pulls back like an I think an empty swing yeah I mean and that's that's a that's a I think honestly that's a sign of a good filmmaking yeah if they're like setting things up for you to like I mean I'm sure you can overdo it and telegraph it too much but yes I think uh, it's also important especially in a horror movie to set the scene in an appropriate way right because you want to have that tension you want to think, is she going to impale herself on that, like, thing, candle holder? Oh, she is. But you want to have it there just in case she doesn't. You want the audience to think that it'll happen. What else do you remember about it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm reading these quotes and they make me want to watch it again. <laughs> what are these quotes? Um, let's see here. Where would it go? Uh, 
Slant magazine uh, gives it a four out of four, possible four. Tim Lucas described the movie as a picture of pure poetry and pulp thriller, distinguished by vivid hallucinogenic cinematography, jolts into the realms of freeform delirium and dementia. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff, like when they're going down the spirals, or around, going down, or up and down, I forget which direction well, they Wasn't that the part this, with the, this, where this the end where he's like trying this, to chase her through the hallway? Or? Yeah, there is that part where he's like chasing through the hallway and keeps coming in one door and out the other and keeps like basically running through the same room. But there's also a part with the spiral staircase that has a good, like, spinny, weird effect on it. Bava was a, um, it doesn't say this here, but I know this from other reading, that Bava was a... Um, filmmaker. He's a filmmaker, but before, he was actually was a painter before he became a uh, cinematographer. And then he, after becoming a cinematographer, he became a director. So his style has always been very, like, composed. Yeah. And like he's he's known, I think he's he's generally considered to be someone who got uh, visuals that were better than like the budgets of his movies could probably generally get. You know what I mean? His ability to put things together and compose scenes and stuff, yeah, like, exceeded. Good composition can hide a lot of limitations. Yeah. And then he really was into color. Does I mean that's not uncommon, especially in horror movies, but. Um, and then uh, I forget real now remembering now that there's a young girl with a bouncing ball as a symbol of wickedness Ooh. in this movie, which is uh, just I don't I guess it I can't think of any real other movies that have that, but it feels like feel like for example like The Shining might take some inspiration from that. I, f- I feel like that's just what movies. I feel like an ominous kid doing something. Well, I think this movie started that is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Like they, they are actually the this uh, Wikipedia page credits. Uh, there's a F- uh, Fellini movie called Spirits of the Dead, where he used this thing specifically from Kill Baby Kill. I feel like I feel like that came up probably because it's in the Wikipedia page. And I usually yes, you usually say the things about the Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, I usually go through it. Yep, for sure. How many Fellini movies have you ever seen? I think oh that's more than me you beat me this time that was my goal yeah I like I actually like the flame movies which ones eight and a half okay um Del Doge Vita that's the only one I've seen and uh Armor Cord I think it's called I've only seen Del Doge Vita uh eight and a half is I think one of the best movies ever made I've heard that before yeah <laughs> it's very good uh, I, also, I also really like La Dolce Vita but not for the same reasons I guess I like La Dolce Vita because it's like that movie just makes a place. It's like one of those things where, like, you. That uh, leaves in the fountain. She has my cello a lot. Yeah, I mean, you just feel like you're in like Rome would, in that time would, the, would be the coolest place to be. Yeah, it makes you think that number one and B. Well, that's because Marcello's like the coolest guy. Yep, yeah. and and number two, it makes you kind of feel like you're there in that movie for a way. So it's like it uh, communicates a sense of place that uh, it's like a good thing a movie can do, I guess. Yeah. It's an impressive. I mean, I don't need to. <laughs> you know, say Fellini. Fellini and La Dolce Vita, but <laughs> I heard. It's a good... I'm just saying, I like it. That's right. why. That's why I think I like it. Because I think it's just because, like in the in the '60s, Italy, a lot of cool stuff came out of it. Is I guess the point. Fellini, yeah, Mario Bava. They're just doing cool stuff, etc. Other people, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of other stuff. Hey, I was in Italy in the 1970s. I can be up on all of that. Yeah, that's what kill baby kill. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs up, no thumbs down. Cool. So we're we're gonna uh, this. I think we're gonna be 
coming up with another episode in short succession after I release this one. Because this one's a little loose and... <laughs> loose and loose and goose, as they say. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I apologize for that if... if uh, loose, goosey, if loose, for an intensive if you will. study of... Uh, Hour of the Wolf or Kill Baby Kill. Might, might I suggest finding a time machine? <laughs> Maybe check Andrew's personal blog, killbabykill.com. No, I don't have that. Um, Going back in time, saving our recording, or just sitting in the room and listening. Yeah, I, th- I guess I could um, I don't know, run our old audio through a transcription service or something, <laughs> but I probably won't. I'm not even sure it would get it. Cause it is, it's, I, I, I came back to it and I was like, I'm going to try to salvage this. Yeah. I could do it. I I I um I know a fair amount about editing podcasts at this point. Right. I I don't think it was salvageable. No, because it was like, wasn't it just like from your laptop? Yeah, it was just laptop microphone instead of a real microphone. And we were, you know, we don't sit particularly. We don't we don't because our microphone is fairly decent. We don't spend a lot of time worrying about our positioning and things like that. I like always like to stay fist distance though. Yeah, you don't though. I try to though. Yeah. So uh, we're going to release um, this, and then hopefully within the next week or two after that, we'll release uh, Quieten, which we just watched, and we're about to record an episode. <laughs> no, I know everything about that movie. Yeah, we can talk about that movie for a bit. A bit. And in more depth. So, um, Andrew, Andrew, anything else you want to say? I'm or just so fatigued with these talking. I just don't want to talk about these movies anymore. I've talked okay. about them so extensively. Well, we shan't. This will be it. So uh, if you enjoyed the podcast... <laughs> The other episodes, probably. The other episodes, probably. If, this, if you're starting here, go listen to a different one. Yeah, I, I would concur. Anyway, give us a rating or review on iTunes, but only if it's positive. Five stars. Say five stars only, please. One, one star for each time we recorded an episode about Hour of the Wolf. And if you have any problems uh, with our our podcast, please write down your feelings. Put, but not on iTunes, just somewhere else. I just put, put, it, put write them on a little sleepy, slip of paper. Bake some fortune cookies. Put them inside the fortune cookies. <laughs> save them for yourself for later. Yeah. It'll Crack be- them open and go, why does this thing say I'm disappointed in this podcast one star? Bad audio quality. Bad bad, <laughs> bad people. No talking good. You know, this is a weirdly specific... I must have bought Novelty Fortune Cookies, and by then you've already forgotten about it. And uh, if you... Probably not. Th- I mean, you could have enjoyed this one. This is, maybe has a fun energy t- to it. Yeah. If this, uh, if this is your first podcast... Ever... This is not a hollow podcast. Are. <laughs> They're usually about true crime. You can um, follow us on the mailing list on the website or Facebook. And that would be the best way to get new episodes. Or just the RSS feed. Any yeah. podcatcher of choice. Any podcatcher. Yep. Or you can, or you can go go to the website, play them, off the, play them off the website, record them to your tape deck, and play them from your cassette. Get hot bootlegs. Can we, can we record the bad audio to a cassette? Call it a bootleg. Rare Golden Age Horror bootleg recording. Yeah. Hour of the Wolf. <laughs> Upload it onto LimeWire. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. From cassette. We'll do that. Very right, good. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs>